All right, so welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, David Chance, and I have a special guest, and this is like really more of a personal, um, a personal thing for me because this was the first person I've ever seen really um, go from their job to their dream. So I watched this gentleman making a six-figure income at his job and replace it in his, uh, from home, really. And, uh, you know, his philosophies and ideas. In fact, uh, my very first book, um, I mentioned you twice, I think, mm -hmm. in the book. Uh, Mr. Jonathan Green, what's going on, my brother? My man, my How man. How are you? Absolutely. Excited. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, excited. clearly. Yeah. Because you got a lot going on right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. You better um, believe it. Business-wise. So uh, just, I guess, introduce, uh, introduce people to, you know, like your story, what okay. you do. All right. Uh, well, great. Well, I'm Jonathan Green. Um, I grew up in a small city in Alabama. I grew up in the country, country boy. <laughs> All right, I'm one of 17 children. And, um, you know, I grew up in an environment where uh, our parents always taught us to go to school, get the education, get the good job. We did that, okay? Out of 17 children, 16 of us have a bachelor's degree. Uh, nine have master's. What? Nine of us have master's degrees. And then we have two wow. doctors and two attorneys, okay? Mm. And uh, it's so amazing because, uh, you know, I always uh, wanted to be a computer engineer. I have a dual degree in math computer science, mm -hmm. okay? Um, uh, and, you know, I excelled at a, a high level at a young age as a computer engineer. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm so excited because I've been introduced to uh, different philosophies and uh, surrounded myself with mentors that helped me to elevate such that I've been retired now for 15 years. Wow. And I've uh, really been in the home-based business industry, changing lives every single day, uh, just showing people how to bring the best out of them. Um, mm. uh, better, I like to put it uh, as Homer Wrights, a gentleman who wrote the book uh, Leadership Fitness. He says, I don't motivate people. I help them by guiding them to the source of their own power. Mm. Hey, that, that's the world that I live in. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to ask you, so out of 17 children, nine have, doctor, nine have master's degrees. Mm -hmm. Give me the rest of the stats. Uh, you got uh, two doctors and two attorneys. Two doctors and two attorneys. So, mm -hmm. out of thirteen, out of seventeen children, thirteen has ex excelled in uh, like education. Absolutely. Why do you think that is? Because in our house, nobody excelled in education. Nobody got a degree. A great point. Well, when you have a dad uh, who really valued uh, education, my mom valued religion. My dad, he really stressed education. You know, I can remember, I remember being in the eighth grade, my dad gave me the book, uh, The Magic of Thinking Big. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget in this the story. Grade. In the eighth Personal grade. Personal development. Uh, and, and you know, believe it or not, uh, he gave it to me because uh, my confidence was low. Mm -hmm. I had low self-esteem and he just, he wanted to bring the best out of me. Mm -hmm. And I remember him giving me this book and he said, look, I want you to read it. And I hated reading. And I remember coming back to my dad, even though I saw my dad, he was a farmer, and my dad would read this book every summer. Two hours later, I came back and I said, Dad, all right, I read the book. And he mm -hmm. said, okay. He said, well, I'm going to ask you two questions. No, he said, I'm going to ask you three questions. But if you get two of them wrong, he said, I'm going to give you a whipping so bad that you'll remember at the age of 50. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm ready. I remember him asking the first question about the book. I had no idea what he was asking so you me. You didn't read it. No, I didn't read it, okay? <laughs> he asked the second question, and I remember tears just came out of my eyes, okay? Before I knew it, I was upside down. He had me by one leg, and he was whipping me, and I'm 45 years old, and I still remember the whipping, okay? <laughs> but here's the amazing thing about it. My dad said, I said, go and read the book. Mm -hmm. I went and read the book, and when I went back to my dad, I said, all right, dad, you can ask me whatever questions you want to now. My dad said, I believe you this time. Okay, that was his philosophy, man. He just knew how to bring the best out of you. And I just decided to step up to the plate. Wow. So was it the was it the whooping that made you read the book? Or what was it? Oh, definitely it was a whipping. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't motivated outside of that. I knew that my dad would keep on whipping me until I read the book. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, mm -hmm. but you know, it's amazing when they believe that you believe. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the case with my dad. He believed that I really believe, but I'm so glad that I read that book, right. okay, what, because, what did you get from it? well, well, here's the thing, um, what I got from the book was, I, I got that, um, you don't get what you want out of life, you get what you picture, mm -hmm. and if the, if there's no picture in your, your head, then you have no expectations, yeah. it took me to a whole nother level, as a matter of fact, 
Um, I was an average student, but starting in the ninth grade, uh, that's when I started to excel mm. in life. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. So um, you're not traditionally an extrovert for the people who um, like just growing <laughs> up, you weren't the guy that was going to go out and just make it happen. I'm going to get rich. I'm going to go grind. I'm gonna that wasn't you. Right? Absolutely not. Uh, I, I was definitely an introvert. I don't even like saying that I was an introvert mm. uh, because it takes me back to that space. Mm. Okay. Can you describe um, that space? Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, people typically think they're shy, right? Mm. And I hated being that way, okay? But I always stayed within my comfort zone of being shy. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget it. One time I, um, uh, I was on a job as a computer specialist, right? And I found the printout of everyone's salary on the printer. Right. And I saw that I was the lowest paid person. And it wasn't until you get to a, it's not until you get to a point of resolve that you say, I'm going to change this. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I did. You so, know? You're, so you're in the office, you see a printout of everybody's salary. Absolutely. And you're the lowest paid. You better believe Were it. you like lowest on the totem pole or were you like just coming I, out of college? I was what? in, I know, I was the lowest in this IT department. So here I was, uh, a dual degree in math and computer science. There were people who didn't have a degree. Okay, I wanted to find something to blame it on. I wanted to say, man, you know, um, you know, my manager is a racist or whatever, but I couldn't because she was black and, and there were other people there black as well. So I couldn't right. use that as an excuse. Right. And uh, I realized that, you know, I couldn't sell myself for what I was asking. And mm -hmm. so there were there was a process that I went through. Um, I, I did reverse engineering. OK, I said, why is it that you can't sell yourself? And I said, OK, well, um, you know, you're afraid of rejection. Well, why are you afraid of rejection? because you put so much value on the opinions of other people. And I dissected and I got to the point, I said, what if I could position myself where what people think about me is none of my business? That's the philosophy. Oh, position <laughs> yourself to where what people think about you is none of your business. None of my business. And the best way that I did it is I said, you know what? Um, I knew that there was this place called Dugan's. It's a sports bar mm -hmm. in Atlanta. And every Saturday night, you had about 300 African-Americans in there singing karaoke. And I said to myself, man, I'm about to go sing karaoke. I never sang karaoke before Shy in my guy. life. Yes, okay. <laughs> so here's what I did. I got there early, about 6 o'clock. I, I beat the, the karaoke guy there. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I submitted my ticket. I, I was so excited. I said, man, I'm about to change my life. And here I was, you know, all of these people started coming in, and I started, the negative self-talk started kicking in. I was like, dude, you, have, you don't have anything to prove to people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what did I get myself into? And wow. here, 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 here they are. He let the locals go first, mm -hmm. the people that support his establishment. Mm -hmm. And I've always been the biggest cheerleader for other people. Right, I right. mean, when people succeed, uh, succeed, I'm the biggest cheerleader. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they're finishing up, I'm like, Lord, please don't let me be next, right? <laughs> And, and the cycle continued, and finally they called Jonathan Green. And you know how people look around like they're looking for Jonathan Green? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I did as well. <laughs> Jonathan <laughs> Green, it's your turn. You looking like. David, they called my name, and I didn't answer. Wow. And, and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. They said, well, I guess Jonathan Green had left the building. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, no, nah, he's just scared to come up and sing. <laughs> and they called the person, the next person. The person was right in front of me. That person, when they called his name, he jumped up like a bunny rabbit, and r the reality kicked in. Tears poured down my eyes. It poured down my eyes. I went out the building because I realized that that person's name was called, and they answered. And I was too afraid to do that. And I went to my car. Uh, I remember, man, I, I was verbally abusing myself. I was like, you know what, you sissy, you punk. Like, all you had to do was step up to the plate. And I said to myself, I said, next time, I'm going to do it. Oh. Next time I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And the next week, Eternally. sure enough, man, uh, I was scared. Um, but I ended up doing it. It took mm -hmm. everything in me to get up and do that karaoke. And now the, the defining moment in that story is the fact that I got up in front of 300 African-Americans and I sang a country song. What? Okay. I sang a country song. Why? Because if I were to sing hip hop and I sounded good, they would celebrate me. I was at a point in my life, I didn't need celebration. I needed opposition. I needed to know what it feels like for people to boo you. I needed to know what it feels like uh, to be scared out of your wits just to see what could happen if you took a chance on yourself. Mm. And so sure enough, they booed me. They called me a sellout. The next week, I went and sang the same song. 
The same country song. Same country song. They booed me. They called me a sellout again. The next week, I did the same thing. Same the same the song. The same song. The same exact song. I closed my eyes while I was bopping my head as well. They still booed me. By the fifth week, no one was booing me. By the sixth week, there were people singing along with me. <laughs> and here's what I learned from it. In our lives, we all have defining moments, mm -hmm. but it's only about five of them that will radically change the direction for your life. And for me, that was at the top of the list, that God experience. Goodness gracious. That was the turning moment for you. Absolutely. Wow. At, at that point, um, you know, it's so amazing because I started stepping up to the plate and people would always say, man, you're going to be so successful. Wow, you're so amazing. And I just internalize the compliments. OK, mm -hmm. I never buy into them, but I internalize it. The positive compliment. Why? Because I needed them in my life. Right. I don't need them anymore. Why? Right. Because I, I guard my goals. I keep I keep the affirmations in my head at all times. Wow. So yeah. uh, and there's, there's that point where you're sitting there and the anxiety set in mm -hmm. next week. Right. Absolutely. Um, what? Because I think it's hard to explain, I guess, from somebody who's never been in that position, because mm -hmm. I can see somebody how to. OK, you just got to close your eyes and just go at it. But there's something going on right there. Mm -hmm. What type of advice would you give somebody that's an introvert on how like how do you make that step? Okay. Like you can't feel your legs. They're right. Numb. Oh, man. The legs are shaking. Your body is sweating. And, you know, I mean, really, people have so much anxiety that they might even fall over. Mm. OK. But it's nothing more than fear. OK. If you're a person that believe in faith, you have to realize that fear is the same thing as faith. It's just on the opposite ends. Explain it. It's the same exact thing, guys. That means if you believe that you can do something in terms of faith, you're right. You're absolutely right. But if you believe you can't do it, you're absolutely right, because you're not going you're not going to put forth the desire in order to make that happen. OK, I'm a person. I don't lean on my own understanding. OK, so here's what I do the, from that day. Before that day, I got to the point if I had to be in an environment like that, I said, Lord, please decrease me and increase yourself. Mm. I decided I didn't want it to be about me. It didn't matter if I was entertaining. It didn't matter if I was in business, empowering people. God, I'm spiritual based. Look, decrease me, increase yourself. Mm. And it took the pressure off of me every single time. You know what? You gave me a definition while we was on, uh, I think it was on a cruise one time. And you gave me the definition of fear and faith. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? I, I, I do. I, I be teaching it. I Actually, I was in San Diego <laughs> and I said it. But I, I think I gave you credit the it, first or second time. I mm -hmm. used it about 10 times, but explain it. it. Uh, look, guys, fear and faith both simply means that what you cannot see, you believe is going to happen. That's all it boils down to. Mm. The things that you cannot see is going to happen. You believe it's going to happen. Wow. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, I gave it to this uh, to this audience, and, you know, they kept asking me. They thought I was a genius. Uh -huh. I was like, ah, that's Jonathan the Green right there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, um, so I guess kind of tell me a little bit about um, kind of your career as an entrepreneur. And first off, I can say this to this day, I am an avid Monopoly player, but I've never beat Jonathan Green Monopoly, <laughs> ever. And I don't understand it because we got the same board, we got the same money, we got the same pieces. Like, wh like why did you, why do you win so much at Monopoly? Well, well, first of all, let me share this. Uh, really, when I, when I beat you is luck, okay? And I have to say that. Because we, we, um, you've adopted the same system, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. It's a three-step approach. We have a system. We, we, we work towards the end at the beginning, okay? I have a three-step philosophy with Monopoly. Like, a lot of times people go into things and they don't know what the end game looks like, mm -hmm. okay? But I'm willing to do three things. I'm willing to buy, I'm willing to negotiate, and I'm willing to attack. That means every property I'm going to buy, I mean, land on, I'm going to buy it. Any property, I'm willing to negotiate it, and I'm willing to mortgage every single thing in order to put hotels in order to attack, mm -hmm. okay? And that philosophy, typically people go through in the Monopoly game, and they might buy a house here, a house there, a house there, because they're so worried about being knocked out. And I'm like, look, I'm going to bank on me mm -hmm. that I'm going to knock you out because you don't have anything to make me nervous or afraid anyway. Right. So no matter what's going on the board, your goal is to play to win, not play not to lose. I don't play to be safe. That's right. I don't play not to lose. I play to win. 
Absolutely. And sometimes it is risky because I don't have a lot of money in my hand, but you know I will invest every bit of it. People around, they're laughing and so forth, but when you land on my property, the money that I invested, you just gave it right back to me, and now I'm going to unmortgage some other properties, and I'm going to attack you with that as well. And you live that lifestyle <laughs> life, right? Because you, like, I've learned, so, yo, playing Monopoly with Jonathan Green is personal development. It's like it's better to read a book. So this applies to the way you approach business. Absolutely, too, right? absolutely. The same way uh, with business, guys. I mean, you know, first and foremost, when I'm evaluating a business project, I've been retired for 15 years from corporate America have launched multiple businesses, been uh, blessed to make in excess of two plus million dollars from the comfort of my own home. But the thing about it is not like I'm just going into a business project. There are mm -hmm. certain criteria you want to evaluate before you evaluate a business project. Mm -hmm. that, 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 I'm not finding this information on Google. I'm not finding this information saying, you know, I'm some genius that came up with it. No, this is Harvard Business School that has those criteria. Mm -hmm. So as long as those criteria uh, as long as this company business model meet those criteria, I'm simply saying, look, okay, show me how to max out the comp plan. Mm. Show me what the game changers are. Show me the, the points of emphasis that uh, make this project so much better than the other. These are the things that I'm thinking about. I'm looking for every reason why I can win versus looking for reasons why I shouldn't do the business. Right. So what are your criteria? Uh, number one is the company. You want to make sure that you have great leadership. Why? Everything rises and falls on leadership. Right. Everything. Right. So you want to make sure that you have leaders in place um, that you have the confidence in helping you reach your goals and expanding abroad. You want to make sure that there's a need for what you're offering. So if, if it's an amazing product, uh -huh. but there's no leadership, you're not going to align with the company. Listen, I met the gentleman who, um, uh, who created the Monopoly concept, okay? Here's a gentleman, he had a great idea, a beautiful he invented idea. The, he invented the game. The, the game, Monopoly, oh, wow. yes, okay. This gentleman went and shopped his idea around to 30 different manufacturers and uh, distributors. No one would buy into it. At the doorstep of the Parker Brothers, they looked at it, they said, well, you know what, the idea is very complicated, but um, I tell you what, we know that you're gonna be a great inventor. They said, we'll give you $500 for this idea, and you can go and create something more simple. He traded his idea for $500 and they went on to make billions of dollars. Why? They were the leadership that could take that around the world. He was just an inventor. He just had an idea. Mm. A lot of times you can have a great product, but you don't have a marketing strategy. Why do you think he did that? Uh, belief? Hey, listen, I tell you one thing. I mean, you know, this guy, um, by the time I saw him, he had created a couple of more ideas and so forth. He just missed on that. It yeah, was a life like lesson. Monopoly. It was a life lesson. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever ask, like, did you really dig into it? Because obviously you don't want to be, you know, rude, but did you say, well, why? Why 500? Listen, he didn't know any better. He didn't know any better. I mean, you know, there's, there's uh, a, such a thing as called the law of the lid. It means you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. You can only take people so far. Okay, wow. that's the reason why I associate myself with mentors all the time. Why? Mm -hmm. I need it. I mean, hey, I was a country boy. I grew up on a farm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You know, I'm, I'm the same gentleman that um, I grew up in a mobile home. So when I graduated from, uh, before I graduated from college, I went on an intern in Montana. Hold on. Right? So 17 brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. mobile home? A mobile home trailer. That's right. Never Jeez, had on bedroom. That must be a triple, quadruple Y. Hey, listen, <laughs> uh, you know, but I mean, one thing about it is we were happy. Mm -hmm. Okay. We were out in the fields. We were singing. You know, I enjoyed growing up with my siblings. That's why I love children today as well, okay? Wow. Uh, but the mindset that I had, understand that I didn't always have the business mindset that I have now. Mm -hmm. Like I said, growing up in a mobile home, that's what I knew. Mm -hmm. So the only way I could elevate is to be around people who could show me better. Right. So here I was um, at Alabama A&M University, and I moved to Montana for a co-op. Right. And when I got to Montana, I didn't look to buy a home. I didn't look to rent a home. I said, man, I got to find me a trailer. <laughs> okay. So your first thing is, oh, where can I get an apartment? Uh, hey, hey, no, where can I get a trailer? Right. <laughs> okay. Not even an apartment, but, you know, and, um, you know, and, and believe it or not, every time I went to Montana, whether it was for a summer, whether it was for a semester, I stayed in a mobile home trailer. That's what I knew. Mm. As a matter of fact, I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. I called one of my brothers. I said, man, I can't find a trailer anywhere. <laughs>
<laughs> and, and he said, Jonathan, you're not going to live in a trailer in Atlanta. I said, oh, so you could, too good to live in a trailer now? <laughs> but, uh, you know, like I said, man, you got to surround yourself with people who can, ha can help you. And that's exactly what I've done in life. Wow, conditioning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Come to Atlanta like, yo, this place is crazy. No trailers. Man, I know. No trailers. <laughs> and we so, didn't have a double wide either. Right. We, we had a single wide trailer. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, um, all right, so what's the other criteria? So first, um, the, so the company. Yep. Okay. And then, of course, the need in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. You want to always make sure that there's a need for what you're offering. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, which the, I'll tie the second one, the need, in with the product ex itself. Okay, is this product, is this a product that can disrupt the industry? Mm. Is it a game changer? Okay, so if you could take the need of that industry, obviously, uh, whatever industry is a part of, if the need and the product combined can create a game changer, mm -hmm. that's a winning recipe as long as you have the leadership. Gotcha. Okay, and right. then the last two uh, is compensation plan. You want to make sure it's an aggressive compensation plan so that you can get paid for your value? Is it a compensation plan that you can have leverage income as well as residual income? And last but not least, you got to have the right timing. Mm. Okay. And because, you know, you can be in the right place at the wrong time and still miss it. You know, you could be, um, um, you can have, uh, be in the right place at the right time with the wrong leadership and still miss mm. it. You follow? And uh, the project that, uh, you know, I'm a part of, we're launching right now, this is the first time in 17 years of me being in a home-based business industry that I truly have, I'm, uh, I'm in the right place at the right time and have the right leadership. All of those three components have aligned itself and I'm, I'm truly grateful, honored, and uh, very excited about the launch. Wow, wow. Mm -hmm. All right, so for, for my, my traditional entrepreneurs, because some, some people are afraid of the home-based business space. Okay. Um, and they feel like they're, I don't know. Even when I was, you know, at, at the kiosk and, you know, I'm selling t-shirts, good business model, mm -hmm. but I mean, there was no real passive income. Now I can have some employees, but then you got overhead, things of that nature. Right. So what do you say to somebody who's kind of afraid of that industry? Okay. Um, well, first thing I would ask them is why do they think that they're afraid? Okay. Because there's a three-step process. I mean, you can't, you can't just take a person who have been thinking a certain way all of their lives and expect them to change in a s one conversation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want to find out why they feel like, why do they think they feel that way? Mm -hmm. And typically it boils down to them, them thinking that they're skeptical and I would be willing to ask them to challenge their own belief. Okay. Because I found that I wasn't skeptical. I was only programmed. Mm, explain T it, explain it. Okay. Typically we're programmed to think a certain way. You know, I grew up uh, with parents that always said things like money doesn't grow on, Okay, good things come to those that wait. Never put all your eggs in the same basket. Okay, <laughs> and so naturally, when you're talking about how, in a fraction of the time that you spend on your job, how you can make double and triple the type of income. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect 
Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Hey, y'all, I ain't going to lie, man. They sent me this Yuffie lock. Think about being on the couch. Someone rings the doorbell. Your child left their key at school. And they need you to get off the couch to open the door. Well, you don't have to do it anymore with this Eufy lock. You can open, unlock, see who's at the door all on your phone. It's super easy to install. You can set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It's keyless entry. So it's no more fumbling for your keys when your hands are full coming from the grocery store. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. Listen, you put your fingerprint on there. You don't have, even if you got you got your bags, you put one finger out there, boop, you get to unlock your door that way. No battery anxiety. You don't have to worry about the battery dying. Quick charging. It's incredible. Also, passcode unlocking and remote control with a 2K clear sight camera so you can see who's at the front door. You're in control anywhere from the app. Enhanced night vision. It's absolutely incredible. No monthly fee either. So unlike other brands that charge a monthly fee, you have you have uh, recordings locally, and you don't have to pay for the storage. Customer support is on 10. Listen, Ufi is on standby for you 24-7, so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by our professional customer service team. Listen, you can contact them anytime, telephone, email, or live chat. Okay, listen, you need this Eufy lock. You need to look it up. All you have to do is go to the official website, Eufy, E-U-F-Y dot com. I just ordered mine, okay? I love this product. It is incredible. It's a game changer. It makes life so much easier, right? So if you have a video doorbell already or any smart lock, it's, 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 it's time to replace it. It's time to replace it. So listen, search Eufy, E-U-F-Y, video lock. Search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Okay? You can get a complete control of your front door, your life, back door. Incredible. Okay? So search Eufy, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock. And you haven't given yourself permission to make that type of income, let alone make it from home. Mm -hmm. It's very simple for you to say things like it sounds too good to be. True. It's as simple <laughs> as that. <laughs> those are the philosophies that are embedded. Once you can get past those philosophies, mm -hmm. now you can focus on what really matters, okay? If right. you're brand new in the industry, you want to do like I've always done. I go straight to the fundamentals. You want to be fundamentally sound, mm -hmm. okay? You want to start with the learned knowledge. What can I learn about this industry? Mm -hmm. 
And then the activity knowledge, how can I apply what I learned? Mm -hmm. And then the modeling knowledge, who is an example that I can model myself after in order to have the similar result? But then you want to focus on the teaching knowledge, right? So at the beginning, when you're learning, you're learning to teach. So you're duplicating that process so that it can duplicate and you have, um, you have exponential income versus a linear income. I think I might have gotten this from you too. Yeah, I'm telling you, all my greatest quotes I got from you uh, at some point. Because, you know, I'm, I'm 16 and I'm watching you, um, you know, uh, like not only become successful yourself, but helping other people. You've mm -hmm. helped a lot of people mm -hmm. become successful. Mm -hmm. What are like some of your stats on that? Well, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I, that's the greatest gratification, but that's one of the major differences between success and significance, okay? Mm -hmm. Success is when you can add value to your own life. I was very successful as a computer engineer. I was making upwards of six figures a year, but I wasn't helping anyone else do it. Mm -hmm. Significance <laughs> is about adding value to the lives of other people, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, when you're building a team, realizing that wealth is a team sport. So the only way that I could have great success is to help other people experience great success. Right, right. So there's a whole lot of people that I've been blessed to help six figures from home, and that's my greatest joy and gratification as a home-based business owner, mm -hmm. showing other people how to take a chance on themselves, believe in themselves, and go out and have that type of success. I love it, I love mm -hmm. it. So um, I guess in terms of, um, uh, the entrepreneurial mindset mindset um, why do people go uh, forward for a little while mm -hmm. and then quit and I think if we looked at people's patterns mm -hmm. they probably have the same patterns over and over again their faith will I mean I'm excited I'm excited I'm excited and then they stop and do something else I'm excited I'm excited then stop and do something else right why do you think people get to that point and it's always time to do something else okay all right, well, number one, I feel like sometimes people get excited and they get motivated, okay? Motivated is like, it's, it's like a, a bad recipe or ingredients for uh, temporary success. Right. Okay? Hold on, let me, let me, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I, I got to turn this <laughs> alarm off. Go for it. I'm sorry. So, so they get motivated, and that's the reason why I started out with the quote earlier. I don't motivate people. I help them by guiding them to the source of their own power. Mm -hmm. When you're motivated, you might have temporary success. So you have to identify what are, wh wh what, why are you doing this project? Mm -hmm. That's the number one reason. Because, see, somebody can throw you more money and you'll just jump. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're motivated. You know, a lot of times people say things like they start using the, using, uh, the excuse. They'll, they'll get started in something because they're excited about the income potential they'll make. Right. And then they'll come with the excuse. They say, well, you know what, I'm just not passionate about this. Really? I mean, I'm not, I wasn't passionate about selling coffee, but yet and still, I still made a half a million dollars in two and a half years selling coffee, and I didn't even drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I learned a long time ago, my mentor told me, he said, look, what you do for, he said, what, what you like should be your hobby, but what the world likes should be your business. Mm -hmm. And I bought into those philosophies, so the, the first thing you got to do is identify why you're actually doing it. Because if it's just money that's driving you, somebody might come and offer you more money to do something different and you'll just leave the vision. Right. But if you're looking to empower people, if you're looking to change their lives, it's just something about adding that type of value. For you, you were hungry. You know what I mean? You were so hungry. You wanted success so bad. People wanted you to be around because it was without a shadow of a doubt. We knew that you would have massive success because of how hungry and consistent you always plugged in. And here's the last piece of that. Okay, there are factors that impact your belief system. Mm -hmm. Okay, you can get motivated, but do you truly believe? Mm -hmm. If you truly believe, you'll follow the pattern for these factors that back up your belief system. Mm -hmm. What do I mean by that? Okay, let's imagine if you were launching a business. Number one, you want to always be in the environment around the successful people in that environment. Why? Mm -hmm. It makes you uncomfortable. But it also helps you to believe even more. The second factor is your associations. You know, you can't go and associate with negative people who don't see the same vision as you. Why? Uh, believe it or not, what they say can affect you in a negative manner. You say, oh, man, well, you know what? I'm not worried about them. That's not bothering me. It sure is bothering you. 
Mm. It's bothering you. That's why we tell you, hey, listen to positive things. Listen, have positive affirmation. It always affects you. Okay, your association is a big part of your success. As yep. a matter of fact. Oh, one thing, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. cause, uh, another thing, I promise. I, yo, if y'all follow me, um, you really got a question like, yo, did he come up with that or did Green come up with that? So one thing I remember you told me was, um, you said, uh, 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 oh my gosh, I just forgot it. I just forgot it. Um, oh, the, your group of people are doing something to you, um, but you have to ask yourself, is it okay? Like everything you do is doing mm -hmm. something to you. Mm -hmm. And um, ever since that moment, I've been protecting my environment because yep. I know it's everything that is in my life, mm -hmm. nothing's just dormant, nothing's just there. That is correct. Everything's doing something to me. That is correct. Wow. Uh, it's, it's affecting you for the, for the good or for the bad. You know, most people don't see it. You know, most people don't realize it. They might say, you know, people could tell them all the time, hey, man, do you realize how negative you are? And they're like, I'm not negative. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm not negative. Why are you calling me negative? They don't see themselves as negative. Mm -hmm. They don't have a clue. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not until they are in an environment where they're focusing on being positive that they see how negative the current environment that they're in actually oh. is. Mm. Yeah. So, like I said, these factors, you have the, the environment that you're in, your associations, um, you have repetition of information. Mm -hmm. Okay, repetition of information, guys, is really, really key for your belief system. Hearing the same information over and over again. That's why people repeat affirmations over and over again. And then last but not least is life experiences. But mm -hmm. I love the life experiences. Here's what it means. Life experiences says that bad judgment leads to experience. Mm -hmm. experience oh, bad judgment bad leads judgment leads okay. to experience okay I, i'll give you an example about this i remember my son was 14 years old and i was teaching him how to drive mm -hmm. and uh, he ran over one of my brother-in-law's lawnmower mm -hmm. right and brother-in-law got onto him real bad and said look you'll never know how to drive and that affected him right mm -hmm. and i told my son i said listen pay no attention to what he just said understand that was just bad judgment but i guarantee you from here on out because of that bad judgment you have the experience such that when you're looking to reverse, you will never put it in drive again. <laughs> you learn from it, right? Right, right? That bad judgment gave him the experience of driving when it comes to, you know, reverse and drive, okay? Mm -hmm. Bad judgment led to experience. Because he let, had the experience, now it leads to good judgment. So bad judgment leads to experience. Experience leads to good judgment. Exactly, and good judgment leads to success. That pattern follows you regardless of what you touch in life. Regardless of what you touch in life. Just like the factors that impact your belief system are the same factors that are applicable with every aspect of your life. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, you and I took a cruise. You're, you're very sp spiritually sound, right? Well, we took a cruise. I hope you don't mind me yeah, sharing sure. this, but you know, here it is. We took a cruise and you're solid with your faith. And so on, on your Sabbath, on God's Sabbath, right, that you believe in, and, you know, here it is, we were going out, and you simply said, listen, I can't go out. Why? I can't go out because this is what I do during this period of time. Is that correct? Oh, for sure. Okay. So what you were doing is your belief system had you stand in the proper environment to guard your goals and your belief system. Mm -hmm. You were associating with yourself because everybody else was out on the horses. Right. Horseback <laughs> ride, right? And here it is, you know, uh, a person can speak to you. You don't tell them that you're ordained. You don't have to tell them that, that, that um, you read the Bible. They hear it when you speak. Mm -hmm. They see the way that you walk, mm -hmm. right? And how do you get that? Because of the repetition of information, right? right. Now, it's not, it doesn't mean that you're perfect. But what happens is you have life experiences. I'm sure that on that cruise, had you gone out there, you probably would have felt so bad for that being bad judgment mm -hmm. that you probably would have never done it again because you gained the experience and you said, man, I never want to walk back there. If I'm pressured in that situation again, here's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. That experience leads to the good judgment. The good judgment leads to the success that you want to in your spiritual walk. Wow. I got a couple more questions. Goodness, great. I wish this podcast would last forever. All right. So um, when it comes to um, leadership, right, mm -hmm. because you've, again, been able to, you know, make millions of dollars and you've helped other people like walk away from their job, create six-figure incomes. What is it, 
what secret sauce do you possess that gets people to move? Uh, well, you don't, you don't get people to move. I, it's just that I'll take a person with desire over talent any day. Mm. I want them to have a burning desire to go for what it is that they want, mm. okay? Um, and, you know, leadership comes with the responsibility. I let people know all the time, uh, an exceptional leader, they expect low level of trust, high level of agreement. Mm -hmm. So when you pick the, paint the picture in their head simply saying, what I'm coaching you on, you might not agree with, but I'm asking you to trust it. Mm -hmm. If I'm your mentor. If I'm not your mentor, then don't worry about it. Okay? But, you know, I have to have uh, low level of trust, high level of agreement if I'm going to be your mentor. Otherwise, I could just coach you. Right. I'll give you a sense of direction. But if you want the accountability, if you want me to be that directional bumper to continue bumping you in the right direction, then let me be your mentor. Right. You're not my peer. You're my mentee right. in that regard. You, you follow? And so uh, everything rises and falls on leadership. Therefore, I can take the accountability. I can take accountability for your success or not. Mm -hmm. You know, if you call me your mentor and you're not doing what I do, say what I say, teaching what I teach, then you're not a mentee of mine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true. absolutely. And, and um, like I said, you know, um, uh, one thing that I do, the reason why I'm very aggressive when I build um, a business and so forth uh, is because uh, leaders, once you become a leader, you're no longer responsible for just yourself. You're responsible for your influence. Right. And you know that. I mean, you coach people on a day-to-day -day basis. There are people that come to you, and, and you make sure that you guard them, you direct them, and you, you're very cautious about sharing certain things to them unless you know that it is a solid route as well. You're responsible for your influence. Wow, I love it. Well, look, I, I, I got to end off the same way I end off. Well, one, get a story ready, because I just want you to tell a story to end. Okay. But, uh, I like the, I like, well, before I do that, um, I guess, tell me about the, the business project that you're launching. Obviously, I'm a part of it, because uh, you're not about to get super duper rich <laughs> again without me. But uh, I guess, tell people, you know, what we got going on. Oh, uh, yeah, we're in a, we're in a very, very unique situation where we literally have a gentleman uh, that is branded. He's documented as the number one network marketer in the world, mm. okay? Um, this gentleman has made in excess of $110 million in the last 10 years from a single position. Wow. Well, I got a call, um, and this gentleman is launching his own business, uh, his own company, in the, the largest industry in the world outside of the financial market. Why did he call you? Which is travel. Huh? Why did he call you? Um, first of all, I'm honored and I'm glad that I got the call. Right. Okay. Sure. Um, I love the fact that he respects uh, my leadership. And uh, I love being in that boardroom with only about seven other individuals to see the vision before the company even came into fruition. Wow. That was wow. exciting. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> all right. Just had to stop right there. Go ahead. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, what, uh, you know, uh, a major uh, component um, for the reason why we're going to have more success than we've ever experienced before, to give you an idea, I shared with you the type of income I've generated from the comfort of my own home over the last 17 years, I really believe that in the next 18 months, we'll be able to have more success than I've experienced in the last 17 years in this industry. No, oh, say that one more time. One uh, more time. Look. Because I just got excited. Yes, listen. <laughs> I've been blessed as a home-based business owner since I retired from being a computer engineer to earn over $2 million from the comfort of my own home. Mm. I believe in the next 18 months that I, from helping other people as well, will be able to exceed the amount of money and the success that we've experienced in the last 17 years, wow. okay? And the reason being is because um, three things. Uh, this is the first time in 17 years that I can truly say that timing, positioning, and leadership have all been aligned with a single business project. Mm. As a matter of fact, we're able to, tr we're, we're attracting some of the greatest minds in the industry to partner up with us in this project right now. And uh, we're super excited. We're super, super excited about the direction that we're headed. Gotcha, gotcha. So um, like, 
and anybody can get started. Right? Anybody can get started. I mean, and work directly uh, with you. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. That's that. You know, we can uh, we can mentor the few. We coach the masses. Mm -hmm. Okay, there are people that just stand out, and uh, by all means, it's not just myself. I mean. Uh, you know, we have an amazing leadership group. I mean, I have a, a business partner, Mr. Spencer Iverson. This gentleman, absolutely amazing, okay? This gentleman's an attorney by trade. Uh, he's, he's a gentleman that's full of charisma, and I'm not just talking about charismatic by the way that he talks. It's about the way that he makes you feel after he's done talking to you, okay? And uh, this gentleman, he's a seven-figure documented uh, earner in this industry. Uh, this gentleman has branded NFL um, people because he was an agent and the list goes on and on with his credentials but you know I just simply say this gentleman is an absolute class act and if you know anything about class it's something that's hard to find but it's easy to identify it once you found it <laughs> that's <laughs> what this gentleman represents and uh, he's uh, one of my business partners leading the ship we've been uh, able to attract so many amazing people you have the likes uh, in the travel industry of uh, David Manning who has 18 years of experience massaging building relationships with the suppliers and the vendors mm -hmm. in the travel space and we're able to utilize his credibility to build our own company within a company mm -hmm. and then at the top you have a gentleman who brokered the deal between David Manning and Holton Bugs, Mr. Uh, Peter Hirsch, this gentleman yeah. known uh, throughout the entire industry. You mentioned the name Peter Hirsch and you have people's attention. Mm -hmm. He's also an attorney by trade. And last but not least, you have uh, Holton Bugs, okay? You know what, if I had a traditional business with a specific product that I came up with, mm -hmm. I would be trying my best to get in the environment of an Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. Why? Because I understand the Oprah Winfrey effect. Right, right, but right. in the home-based business industry, the home-based business industry, you want to be somewhere close to a Houghton Bugs yeah. because of the Houghton Bugs effect. Wow, wow. Okay, so um, I guess uh, if people want to find you, travel with, great, travel with Jay Green at gmail.com. That's it. Travel with Jay Green at, uh, at gmail.com. So um, as I, I end the podcast off the same way with a prediction. Um, I want to know what you can predict from your life in the next five to 10 years so that we can look back on this and say, wow, Jonathan Green said he was going to do this in five years. Look at it as five years later. We're watching, we're watching this right now, uh -huh. five years from today. Yes. What can we say um, your life will look like some of the things you'll be able to accomplish. Okay, that that is a great point, and I and I appreciate that because you know I had to I had to look in the mirror. I mean, even though I've been blessed to have uh, a success, success is relevant. Yeah. Okay, um, one thing I looked at it was uh, a May of last year when I turned 45. Okay, mm -hmm. I looked and I said, man, if God gave me a hundred years to live on this earth, what impact would you have made by the time you're 50? And I realized that I was 45 and I wasn't impressed. Wow. I wasn't impressed at all. And it showed me that I have to go out and make such a huge mark between the, the years of the ages of 45 and 50. Mm -hmm. So this is a pretty simple question for me. Right, right, okay? right, right. It's all about the legacy that you leave behind. Mm -hmm. The work that we're doing right now is the story that they'll be sharing from generations to come. So when my great-grandchildren look at Jonathan Green, I want them to see the way that he literally changed, he, he changed their whole perspective on life just by playing to win. Right. So financially, I would look to uh, have a net, net, work, a net worth in the next five years of over $30 million. Five years. In the next five years, yeah. $30 million. Okay, it's quite simple with the goals that we have right now, okay? Right. But I'm not just talking about from the home-based business community. I, I'm looking uh, to, to work along the side of my mentor, a gentleman, like I said, Mr. Bugs. Here's a gentleman that in the last 10 years made over $110 million, but his net worth now is over $200 million. This gentleman teaches a course called What to Do with a Dollar. And we're just super excited because uh, it's just a culture in which we're going to make sure exude through the people that partner with us to make sure that they have access of what to do with the dollar. So you got to start with the goals that you want, mm -hmm. and we're going to help you accomplish it because you understand what to do with the dollar. I love it. I love <laughs> it.
Man, Green, I appreciate it, man. Uh, thank you so much, just personally. You gotta say it publicly. For one, all the content you've given me over the year that I've mm -hmm. retained, and I don't, all honesty, I don't retain a lot of information, but you've been able to, between you and Jim Rome, have been able to really break down this success mm -hmm. philosophy to a uh, real um, uh, uh, bite-sized portion mm -hmm. so that I can I can receive it and digest nice. it. So nice. um, I just want to say thank you for all you've done for me. And uh, let's go on and get rich together, man. My man. Okay. <laughs> My man. I mean, I tell you, man, if, if people would only get to the point where they have to believe in themselves, mm -hmm. just look for a reason why. If not, if not you, then who? Yeah. Okay, I mean, whatever you're doing, if you simply say, look, if you're not going to put all in in this, then what? Yeah. And the last thing I'll say is just just don't let your fear put your faith in a wheelchair. Play mm -hmm. to win. I love, oh, I'll, this is what I want to do. <laughs> End it with a story. I don't know what the story is going to be, but you have some really amazing stories. <laughs> So just give me give me a story that we can end it with. Okay, well the story that I'll give you uh, happens to be uh, it's a personal story. Instead of sharing some great uh, story that's you know uh, has an analogy that you might be relate to, I want to give one um, very close to heart for me as well mm -hmm. because you know it, it's so amazing, guys. Um, you know, like I said, it's, it it only takes a few defining moments in order to radically change the direction of your life. You know, here I was in the eighth grade. And um, and I remember that I hated math. Mm -hmm. I hated math. And uh, I'm so glad that I had a sister who was was not even quite a year older than me. She came to me and she said, Jonathan, I understand why you don't like math. I said, why is that? She said, because somewhere along the lines, you miss some of the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. And so I have brother. I have a lot of brothers and sisters. We're pretty much stacked up. I remember her taking to my brother's fifth grade book and caught me up with the fundamentals of fifth grade math and then the sixth grade book. She caught me all the way up to the eighth grade math, and here's a person that didn't like math. I ended up graduating number one in my, my class in math and went on to graduate with a dual degree in math and computer science and even taught calculus in college. Wow. You simply say, what's the difference? Well, I went back and learned the fundamentals. So guys, if you take the, 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 under, uh, if you take the chance to learn the fundamentals with whatever you're doing, what you'll realize is it's not hard it's just simply new, man. okay? It's not hard, it's just simply new. I love it, man. Make sure y'all follow my man, okay? Uh, travel with jgreen at gmail.com um, and just stay, stay connected. Watch his journey to 30 million over the next five years and he's saying it, I'm sure, uh, uh, because we don't know. We don't know, like, <laughs> he's probably being reserved, mm -hmm. okay? Because the way this gentleman thinks is just super big and I've been able to uh, in part, um, you know, that big thinking just by being in association. So make sure y'all link up with Jay Green. Appreciate you, my brother. Awesome. All right, so, great deal, sir. Peace. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.